episode 125, bonus edition, interview with Bill Cecil. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hi, lead educators. This is Gretchen from Always a Lesson. I'm here to empower you to reach your potential. And in fact, I call you elite because only an elite educator would take the time to invest in themselves, like listening to a podcast just like this one, to help hone their craft. Well, today's a special day because we have a guest appearance. I want to help you reignite your passion and your potential by learning from another elite educator named Bill Cecil. He's got quite the empowering message. But before I let you tune in, let me share a little bit more about him with you. Bill Cecil is a recently retired 31-year veteran teacher for the Waverly Community Schools in Lansing, Michigan, and he believes every teacher is a leader with a team to lead. And he has created a program called Best Year Ever, and that provides teachers with a clear vision, blueprint, and proven strategies to create a positive, safe, and productive learning environment where individuals strive for personal best while working together to achieve these team goals. If you want to know a little bit more about Bill and his younger years, he graduated with honors from Western Michigan University, and while attending Western, he earned four varsity letters playing on the men's soccer team and really discovered his love of teaching while coaching these youth soccer camps for the Broncos. And not only did Bill discover teaching through soccer, he learned the potential power a group of individuals have when they work together with a shared purpose or a set of goals. And he's incorporated those same team building strategies into his own teaching with great success. And speaking of great success, he was chosen Michigan Teacher of the Year for 2003-2004. And he spent that year on sabbatical working for the Michigan Department of Education, setting an ambitious goal to meet with as many educators, legislators, community members, and teachers in training as much as possible to help spread an epidemic of hope and determination throughout the state of Michigan that now is still a great time to be involved in education. And Bill continues to speak at various colleges and universities sharing ideas and strategies from the book he's written called Best Year Ever a winning strategies to thrive in today's classroom and coaches new teachers one-on-one and in small groups on classroom management and team building and leadership. And Bill has also created a free video series on his website, bestyearever.net and called the BYE Top 100, which is a collection of 100 short videos, each under five minutes that focuses on leadership, team building and classroom management. So now that you know a little bit more about Bill, let's dive into the interview. Thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Thank you, Gretchen. It's great to be here. Yeah, we have elite educators listening right now. They're eager to hear what you have to say, so I'm going to get right to it if you don't mind. That sounds great. So update us. How did you and I cross paths? You know, I think what happened was about a month ago, I had posted something on LinkedIn about my passion for talking about uh, classroom management, team building, and leadership uh, with new teachers and liked my post and then you commented and said, can I have you on as a guest? 
are not on LinkedIn, I highly suggest it. Like Bill was saying, he just sent out a quick message, and it was someone that I was like, oh, I've got to connect with him. He's got a message not only for all of you listening, but for me, too. I'm kind of excited just to hear your background and connect with you, so I'm so glad we made this work. Awesome, me too. Um, go ahead and backfill us a little bit on what is your current position in the educational field, but also tell us the journey to how you got there. You know, it's really interesting because right now I'm sort of in transition from um, being a player to a coach. I just finished up my 31 years of teaching um, at the beginning of the summer, and over the course of the summer, I doing a lot of reflecting on where I was going to go next, if I wanted to go another year or not. And, you know, I thought, I decided I wanted to go out on top of my game. I felt really good, like an aging athlete. I feel like an aging athlete because it's so physical the way I teach. Right. And I just like, you know, I've had so many great years, and I thought, um, I wanted to go out on top, and so I have no regrets. And then I also wanted to still have time to maybe climb some new mountains while I'm still young enough, have the energy and the courage to do that. So I decided, like, uh, at the end of July that I was going to retire so let my district know, and kind of went through that morning process. Yeah. We said to be leaving it, but you know, I, I'm really excited about the next prospect, which is going from player now to coaching full time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so my, my passion is mainly working with new teachers and uh, uh, teachers that are in training become teachers, like college students. Right. Uh, are teachers also in distress? Because right now, there's a lot of teachers out there that are, you know, meeting so many big obstacles that. change with this new group of teachers and I know that that's where my heart is and you mentioned even the teachers in distress and a lot of folks are listening to this podcast with their heart kind of half in half out what would you want to say to those folks who are thinking oh maybe this isn't for me I know that you've had challenges yourself so what made you stay in it so long you know that that's a great question um when I 
like, oh, I'm going to speak at Mass Animals all the time. <laughs> and you know what I told him? It's exactly what you just said, which is there are times where I've been on the ropes like a boxer. I'm on the ropes just absorbing blows, thinking how much more this guy can There's been times where I feel like I was knocked out. But, you know, as I tell them, there's three things that I've learned throughout my career that help me always get back up. And so I would share those three things with your teachers, whatever level, level they're at. And the first one is that you have to uh, get it in touch with why you went, why you went into teaching. Not not why you, I guess why you became a teacher, but why are you a teacher? You know, not not to the pay. Why do you do it? What is it? What is your purpose of it? And if you can re refocus on your purpose, your why, I think it's going to help you overcome many of the challenges. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, we're told so often about what we have to teach, when we have to teach, and how we have to teach. Yeah. So many people are taking their eyes off the ball and thinking about those things, feeling like they've lost so much control classic, but really, you still control the why, which is your purpose, mm-hmm. reasons for doing it. And so what I tell them is that, think about what your why is. For me, my why was, when I first started teaching, I thought, you know, I, I, my main job was, and it's true, they paid it is to go in and teach the curriculum, teach learning skills, problem-solving skills that the kids can learn the curriculum better. And I was doing that, but early on, I was looking out at a classroom filled with a lot of 10-year-olds with their heads hanging, like, full of despair. It's like, right. the light wasn't even already off at 10 years old, it became troubling, like they thought they couldn't, they couldn't learn if they had a fixed mindset, mm-hmm. and so the distractions that have been going on, so right away it was like, my new focus became, as I teach the curriculum, and as I do these other things, i got to reach these kids and get a environment, so that's the main thing, was I was trying to get them out of a place of despair to hope, so I gave them like a three, a three-step process that they could do to become successful in my classroom, and it sounds pretty simple, but it really is powerful, and that is I told them, focus on your attendance. These are things you can focus on. You can control, yes. But if you focus on your attendance and show up on a regular basis, you're, you're going to help yourself in this. And the second one is come in with a positive attitude. Look for things to get excited about. Because if you do in life, in anything, you're going to get excited. Not about everything, but enough things. Mm-hmm. And you guys have to learn to believe in yourself. Think about the big things you've already accomplished in your life. Like, as a kid, learning how to write a bike, learning the language, learning to use the bathroom. Right. Those are big things. Right.
Jesus. Because they feel a part of that team. They feel a part of that group, that, that community, that family, whatever you want to call it. But it's that feeling of belonging to something larger than themselves. And then the last one is that's always helped me is I had a teacher in college. I remember this once. She was an awesome teacher. Mm-hmm. Because she was so passionate about what she did. You just couldn't help get excited. But she would, she would stray from her lessons every once in a while and take a bird walk, like a life lesson bird walk. A bird walk. And I remember one day she uh, was talking about something else and she stopped. And she got that look on her face like, okay, here we go. <laughs> and sure enough, I was like, she looks at us and she's super serious. And she goes, hey guys, whatever you do in your lives, don't be limp. And I've never heard of that word before. So right away she caught my attention. And she went on to explain limp is people that just sort of phone it in or go through the motions or anything extra of them. So she said, I, I don't know what you're going to do and I don't know what you're gonna, where your life's going to take you. But whatever you do, I challenge you. I remember her challenging us. She said, I challenge you, don't be limp. And I took that seriously. I, I vowed right then there. I said, I'm not going to be limp. And she went on to talk about how people are the artists in the the artists are the ones that somehow, whatever they're doing, they tap into their passion. They tap into their skills, their unique talents, and, and they somehow bring that to whatever they're doing, and it makes them stand out like artists. It's like the hit back. So what I tell teachers is, every year, no matter what's going on, go in and focus on these three things. And think of yourself as an artist. Yes, teaching's a science, too. you got to master the science. But be an artist and try to go in every year with the idea if you're going to try to paint a masterpiece. And I think it's going to keep you in this profession. It, caught, it kept me in for 31 years, and, and I really wasn't ready to leave other than I felt it was time. Because physically, I think I'm starting to get tired. Yeah. I used to think I could climb that mountain the same way every year. Well, um, you just wrote my future podcast episode. I'm totally going to give you a shout-out with that whole glib thing. I, I know I can really talk about that forever, so thanks for sharing that. Awesome. Thank you. And that was a whole bunch of buy one, get ones. You gave teachers advice. You gave students advice. I mean, that was a whole bunch we can chew on. I, I might need to go back and take some notes on all that. <laughs> you know what? It's, what's funny is you say that, though, is that I teach my kids the same way I would teach adults. Mm-hmm. I try to bring in a lot of life lessons as well, things that I've read from outside of education and that I've lived myself that I really believe can make an impact. So yeah, I think it is yeah very applicable well i know you've worked with lots of teachers what would you say are some descriptors that makes an educator great you know there are so many things that make teachers great and they're so varied um i think obviously being on top of your 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 day knowing what you're actually doing knowing the science of it knowing the curriculum is very important but i think there's a lot of teachers that can do that as well but what takes people to the next level is sort of like what i was just talking about with the glibness not being down to two things and being passion and enthusiasm. Because for me, I was a kid that really, truly didn't believe in myself when I was a little kid in school. But the teachers that seemed to capture my heart or capture my attention, even all the way through college, were the ones that they seemed so passionate, so excited about what they were doing, and it got me excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in their class, I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to get excited about this biology lesson. exciting regardless of what the topic is at hand absolutely 
I love that. And it, it's, it's, it's also being a part of a team trying to figure it out, or it's, it's a problem solving, not always getting the answer, but, but being willing to roll up your sleeves and say, you know, let's don't give up on this, let's dive back in. It's, it's, it's sometimes a messy process, but it is it's the excitement about how you approach the process that I think usually gets you better results. Yeah, ooh, that's good, that's good. Well, I know we've got a bunch of different teachers listening. You've already spoke to the new teachers about your book and, and what advice you have there. We talked a little bit about teachers in distress or transition, and you gave us some steps to follow. What would you say to those folks who kind of coach teachers like you do, teacher leaders? Do you have any advice for them? Absolutely. You know, I think we have to start asking our new teachers, or our teachers in training, are they up for the challenge? Because I think it's so easy to want to come in because obviously they must love the profession enough that they want to share it. But we have to have the kids coming in with open eyes. We have to have these new teachers coming in knowing what they're up against because there are a lot of challenges out there. But at the same time, we got to get them to say, say to them, you know, are you up for this challenge? Because if you are, it, it, it is going to be one of the hardest professions you could ever go into. The most challenging one is going to be one of the most rewarding. And then to lay out what those rewards are going to be. And then help them gear up to what the challenge is going to be so they can meet those with open eyes. When I, when I talk to teachers in training, I know I usually talk about it's like you know being in a great marriage. You have to make vows at the beginning of it. You get married, you have to make vows. And you got to be willing to stick with those vows, you know. So you got to teach these kids what they're actually getting into and tell them, if this isn't for you, it's okay to figure that out now to step out. But if you're going to go through the whole process of actually becoming a teacher, at some point, after your student teaching, it might be it might be during your student teaching. You've got to make that total commitment. You've got to make those vows, and you've got to be willing to stick with them. And if you do, I think you're going to have a great time, and you're going to be better prepared for what you're moving into. Yeah. And we keep focusing on someone else doing the learning, but I know that you're a lifelong learner. Who do you go to as a mentor to kind of, you know, kind of up your own game in terms of either your knowledge or your instructional practices, whatever? You know, I have several mentors. My wife being my closest mentor because she's a great teacher. Okay. Taught 30 years. Wow. I tell, I tell people this. My, my, I think my specialty is classroom management, leadership, and team building. Okay. She's the ultimate teacher. She just, she's always on top of new things. She's always willing to try new things. She's always bringing home new ideas. Even now, if she comes home, she'll tell me what's going on during the day. It sounds interesting. Tell me more about that. Right. So that's, I'm lucky to have that. Mm-hmm. I'll say, can I buy you a lunch? And then just pick the brain and ask them, what are they hearing from where they're at? They'll pick my brain, what are you hearing? Sure. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, when I was teaching, I always, always, always tried to surround myself with positive people. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I would definitely, like, one-on-one have lunches with people or grab them before school or after school and say, hey, you got five minutes, just to connect with them and, and feed off their energy. So that was one. I, I'd say, though, overall, throughout my career, reading has been my passion. And I love reading. Yeah. 
I share that with my parents. I share that with my students right at the end of the year. So right away, I try to get more buy-in. And then the last book is obviously Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck. Mm -hmm, yeah. I heard, oh, my gosh, I'm such a huge growth mindset. Mm -hmm. He took me that for many years, I think I was teaching more with fixed mindset without even realizing certain things I was saying or doing. Um, and it totally transformed what I say and how I say things and what I really believe, which will drive my words and my actions in my classroom. So I, that is a must-read. So I would say those are my three top mentors right now. Well, those are some fantastic mentors. I was rapidly writing down those titles. I've heard them, but I just, you know, as teachers, we have so many other books and things we need to read that I rarely get time to just read for me. But when I do, books like this really catapult my own ability to affect change in my classroom or with my relationships. So I've got to learn to make more time for this because this is like my personal professional development, right? This is my... This matches my why. Like I, as a teacher, we all want to go and, and help children, but we also want to learn, and, and we have our own thirst. And, and those books you mentioned are great for filling our tank back up when we feel like we're on empty. Oh, I love that expression, filling your tank back up, because I was thinking how it, it, what it does for me is it, it rekindles my spirit. Yes. And now you refills your tank so you can go back in and perform. And, yes, I think that's worth, you know, I get out when I was teaching, I'd get up at 4 o'clock in the and I would actually read it at the same time I put a, a reading rack on my stairs. And I would read positive books every single morning. And people would say, how do you stay so positive? <laughs> I fed myself that information to kind of help keep me going. And it was the start of my day. So it is an investment. And like you said, it's hard to sometimes invest in with the time constraints that we have because teachers are so busy. But man, is it worth it. Yeah, it's been a lesson that I've had to learn. If I want to invest in other people, I have to invest in myself first. And you working out and reading is a great idea. Oh, absolutely. You definitely have to invest in yourself first. So I know we talked a little bit about your book. Um, what else would be a current project you're working on? Well, right now, what, what, like I said, because I'm in transition, what I've been doing is meeting with people that are, um, I've known throughout my career that either hired me into speed social media, but there are tons of groups of teacher coaches who come together. We share strategies, we share resources, um, connect each other to different schools. So if that's something you're interested in, you need to get online. Oh, Gretchen, I'm going to have to look up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay, very cool. Um, well, I do want to ask you, it might embarrass you a little bit. It always gets other guests really excited to just kind of share out a really cool moment in your career. But tell us about your best all-star teacher moment.
transparent about your own hurdles or, or faults, it really connects you with your students because they're like, oh, he's human and he gets me and he's no longer like this perfect person in front of me. Like we're all just in this together. So that, that was great. You could humble yourself in front of your students like that. You know, and what's a blessing is I had so many faults and so many hurdles I've had to overcome that my kids they love me so I think they do grow from them. And you're right, they do. They, they, they connect with you more when they see that you're not trying to be perfect. And they know they don't have to be perfect in your fashion as well. Yeah, I love that. Well, I want to be respectful of your time before I let you go. I do want to ask you one more thing, if that's okay. Absolutely. How do you reignite your passion and your potential as an educator? Well, I think I've given away some clues tonight. <laughs> For example, I'm really focused on my why. I really, really, truly am a guy that, um, you know, I want to serve a purpose in my life. And teaching, think about it, teachers are the luckiest people in the world because to serve, to, to serve a purpose, you first have to know who you want to help and how you're going to help them. And then you have to hopefully be able to find a way to tie in your, your passions and your skills and your talents. And I was able to do that with teaching. from Bill. Holy cow. He loves what he does. He's so willing to give back and pour into other people and help others in any way, shape or form. 
And that's truly what I love about his genuine nature is he's a giver and he can't teach that. (laughs) And I appreciate his willingness to come chat with me and make himself available to you listeners. So please make sure you go to alwayslesson.com, click on podcast. You'll see the show notes for this episode. Find out how you can connect with him. And don't feel bad reaching out and asking a question or asking advice. He loves working with folks just like you, so feel free to use him as a resource. And I will say this recording was the realest of the real with microphone issues. He sounded a million miles away. I sounded like I was right on top of the mic. And then we've got dogs barking. It just is what it is. I call it the true life of a podcaster. Bill, if you're listening, I absolutely love chatting with you. I can't wait to continue working together, helping more and more teachers each day. On behalf of all of us, we thank you for your years of service to bettering the profession, to giving back to teachers and students, and just making the world a better place. So thank you again, and I hope to chat with you soon. All right, Elite Educators, that's a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Bill Cecil. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is a member of the Education Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details.